Welcome to Bethel World Outreach Church. Our values are devotion, diversity, and discipleship. Devotion through honoring God by trusting His Word, praying, and worshiping together. Diversity by embracing God's heart for every nation. And discipleship by helping others follow Jesus. So join us as we're reaching a city to touch the world. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that as we get into your word, you would help us. Truly, it's the entrance of your word that brings light and life. And I pray that the glorious light of the gospel of Jesus Christ will shine bright in here today. Lord, as always, I pray that these, your people, would be blessed by thee and not impressed by me. I ask you to let the words of my mouth and meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. Lord, you're my strength and redeemer. And every glad and happy heart say, Amen. Just by way of two announcements, I want you to know when you leave church today, I'll be starting a new series on the family called God's Family. I'm going to, um, Pastor Bryson has led the way and the team of, of trying to detail a devotional that goes along with the sermons. Sometimes it'll get a little off sequence, sequence but for the most part, uh, <clears throat> this will be your small group material. We are hoping that as you've gotten into small groups for the next, um, I think, seven weeks, you would stay in those small groups, kind of do this curriculum, give it a, give it a chance. Um, this is a good opportunity where the word has already been preached and you can do the application and prayer and, and talk about the sermons um, together. If you don't have a small group, it's not too late. We want you to, when you go pick up your book, to do it. If you don't have a um, small group and you are a life group and you're actually more introverted in other words you would never go up to somebody and say hey can i get in your life group um that's okay what i want you to do i still want you to take the devotional and if you're a head of household um i want you whether that's a single mother single father or a, a traditional nuclear family i want you to take the devotional and i want you to do it with your family if you say i'm 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 single i want you to do it with your roommates if you say, I don't, I don't have any roommates, get on Zoom, call your mama and them. Okay? Just, just, just cause of, the, the point is, be in community. So, this is not something for a few people in our church. This is what our church is doing. We want you to, and at the end of this, some of you have never led life groups before. We're going to celebrate you. Some of you who, who, whose life got born again or filled or touched by the spirit or, or trained in some way, we're going to. We're going to celebrate you in this. There'll be a time of outreach where we'll take the good messages that we have from Jesus and take them out to the world together, celebrate together, and take a whole Sunday to do that. So you want to start on this first Sunday <clears throat> doing it together. Can I get, get an amen that everybody, there's no reason for everybody not to do this. There's no reason. So, so now I made an extra step because it's nice paper. Whenever it's nice paper, we make you go to the connect desk to pick it up. Because that means you, you took a little effort to get it. I don't just hand it out for you to just throw it down. Okay, it took some effort. So then we'll have you count it that you're doing um, your devotion. But in, in a lot of ways, if you've been looking at the beginning of the year to actually act on uh, taking your discipleship relationships to another level, here is your opportunity. So, amen. Okay, great. Now, we only have a couple of weeks left for this uh, Bethel One conference and uh, registration. Please come. I want to tell you, like, uh, Coach Tom Mullins is not normal. It'd be like if we said John Maxwell was coming to our church and we put that out 
everywhere. I mean, our church would, would fill up. This is John Maxwell's pastor, the, the guy who oversees all of his ministry, but yet pastors, one of the uh, the fifth largest church in the United States has been a part. Remember, we didn't you go with us? You, 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 yeah. You, I mean, this guy is brilliant. I've traveled the world with him to see him minister to world leaders. Um, it's, it's, it's just an, a world-class opportunity. You, you cannot, you know, um, I made the mistake, Pastor Dave, and excuse me for taking so long on this, but I made a mistake before. Um, I was scheduled to meet, uh, I was in Africa and I was scheduled to meet Nelson Mandela. And we were going to be with him for uh, several days. And so I, um, I, I wanted to sleep in that morning. So I said, well, you know, I'll do the, I'll do the, the lunch the next day or whatever. Lo and behold, obviously he passed away before I could do that. And so whatever rich knowledge he had for me, whatever personal inclination that I could have received, I, I missed out on that moment. Now, we're all just mere men, but in us is a holy deposit from God to give to other people. He said, don't neglect the gift that was given you through the laying on the hands. Pastor Bruce has an impartation. Pastor, uh, Pastor Dave has an impartation. Pastor Carol, they have impartations and you need it. And I'm telling you that that, that Pastor Mike Gowan is our pastor in Arizona. He has an impartation for you. I, I promise you he does. He's powerful. And this is what will help us be a family together. So us being the sending church of everybody in the host church, from the human standpoint, y'all better show up. Have me out here then. without y'all out here. I'm supposed to be leading everybody up. What they gonna say, Pastor? Ain't where your people? I said, I don't know. They got a cold. Anyway, so you guys got it. All right, I'm gonna jump into this um, message here. Family, first of all, you, Greg, you're doing so good. I just felt like I was uh, transported. That was awesome. Give it, give it up, give God praise for Greg. Family is most definitely under attack. And it's kind of like this, his family is under attack. Go up a level, marriage is under attack. Go up a higher level, God is under attack. Someone, well, the enemy has never liked God's idea of family. And when you hate God, or his authority, or his leadership, you'll hate everything about his structure. Nowadays, people are redefining the family structure. And nowadays, and I don't mean to say this to be insensitive to people who need to say yes to Jesus. This is not th that design. This is not Christians kumbaya and yawing over someone else's brokenness. But even when marriage of, of people of the same gender or the same sex um, is legally okay or, or uh, by, by law, that's still an attack on what marriage is. So what I do just to elevate it to the status it's supposed to be is I call it, I call what we do holy matrimony. 
because the world has defined that in its in its own way and it's just sin and it's just brokenness but what do we have to do about it because we have an opportunity to display what Christ really meant for the world now because of sin and brokenness the family structure takes on all of these forms of necessity I come from a broken home where my parents got divorced. One per- parent was abusive. One parent, one, you know, having to have fugitive status, you know, having to have what was traditional redefined. And my mom did really well and she, and she remarried. And then I had to have a, 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 a stepfather, a, a stepbrother, a stepsister, a half brother, a, a half, you know, did you, you had all this, you know, half cousins. Don't know if you're my cousin. Don't know if you're my uncle. Don't, don't know. And so it's all becomes mixed up. And within that, it's all different people of backgrounds. And, 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 and now all of a sudden, what appears to be some problems in the world or challenges in the world is right in your own home. And you become conflicted because when, you, when, you, when you're hanging with someone every day, when you're with someone every day, and, and the human in you that God created begins to emote with another person, you're not thinking about uh, how... how um, off they are you just begin to live and you begin something begins to happen that they're not bad our circumstances have thrown us into um, a adjusted meaning for holy terminology and this is an opportunity in the way I'm doing this message today to give you a little bit of a journey that's like I'm gonna go like this okay to define it I'm not going to take the time to prove to you the reality that you could just look in your own Bible and see, but I'm going to say it as a matter of fact, okay? Traditional, I think World War II, that was uh, boomers, right? Okay, World War II, so 83% of marriage was a traditional nuclear family, and not just marriage, but, but, but your, so you... Marriage being defined as one natural born man, one natural born woman in a covenantal union before God for a whole lifetime, who have children within that unit, uh, union, and they stay together in the same home and they're raised. And go, in, in, in World War II, in the 60s, that was 80 83% of our society, unchallenged. And what has happened over the last season of time is that has, that has, broken, that has broken down. That has broken down. Now, there's a reason why those things break down. It's, it, 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 it's, it's, it's sin and it's different things that happen, but... We have to get back to what God, uh, God has intended and, 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 and God has said. Without that being something that disregards the fact that people have brokenness that we need to be tender toward. Are y'all hearing me? Because I want to I talk very directly to you, but that does not mean there is not a great deal of love from God. And from me, from all of these things. So let's just go on a journey. We serve a triune God. One God 
eternally existing in three persons. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. God the Son is not the Father. And the Father is not the Son. And the Son is not the Spirit. But all three are God. One God, eternally existing in three persons. He's eternally the Son. He's always been the Son. He's always been God the Father. He's always been God the Holy Spirit. And they've always been one in perfect union, in perfect community, in, in perfect oneness. That, that He himself is a walking community. He himself. Yeah, what a blessed reality. But if we're out of touch with the reality of who he is, it'll be difficult when he expresses himself through humanity in relationship. And that's what sin does. It begins to break down. And here it is. The Bible says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was out form and void. Darkness was the face of the deep. And the spirit hovered over the water. And God said, let there be light. Goes all the way down. Sixth day, actually creating man. He said, let us create man in our image after our likeness. Let him have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, over, over all the land. And God had a purpose for man. And you see it right from the beginning to multiply, to be fruitful, to be in union, to be in communion. One natural born man with one natural born woman for a lifetime together was God's intent and God's intention. And, and, and it wasn't a subservient woman, though there's roles. There wasn't a subservient man, though there's roles. These were equal opposites. I'm going to say that again because y'all not getting excited about that reality. They were equal opposites. God does not have disrespect for women because their role is different than men. The reason that you must believe that is because if you believe there's something flawed in the design, you will reject it. There's nothing flawed in the design. There's nothing flawed in the design. And I know I'm, 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 I'm because the shortness of time, I might just skip around a little bit. But while God gives, okay, here, here we go. I'll I say it like this. And after God gives a man a home, gives him a responsibility to take care of the garden, give him a second job because he didn't have a woman, he ain't had nothing to do. He didn't want him to wander around. The Bible said he couldn't find him. Somebody said, he can say, you name, you need to name the animals. You guys, you know, you need extra work. When you are single, your singleness is a gift from God. You are not outside of relationship. You are in relationship with who? The triune God. You're in relationship and you are whole. You are functional. You are without flaw. You have purpose. You have dignity. You, you have a responsibility on, on this earth that is from God. You are not missing anything. You have him until he says, it's, it's not good, Pastor Dave, for you to be alone. I will make you a helper, an equal opposite, suitable for you named Holly. And the Bible says, is this okay how I'm teaching? I just, this is, I just want to walk, walk with you. That's all, I'm just walking with you. 
And he says, he said, I'm going I'm to I'm make it. So, 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 so what I do when I'm doing a wedding, stand there and I say, dearly beloved. We gathered here today in the sight of God and you, these witnesses, to join this natural born man with this natural born woman. Marriage is an honorable estate instituted by God and is therefore not to be entered into unadvisedly, but soberly in the fear of the Lord. And into this estate have these two come here to be joined. Therefore, I say, who gives it? So, but that's not the important part. Then I go to the scripture. Then the, and the scripture says that God said it wasn't good for man to be alone. It was God's timing. It was God's decision to, to, to bring. It wasn't Adam saying, well, you know what? You don't see Adam demanding something from God. You don't see Adam pleading, when you going to fix my broken relationship? He had a holy relationship with God that was satisfying. You're not ready to be in a relationship until your relationship with God is satisfying to you. Because this love and this relationship you have with God has to carry on for even through a marriage relationship and through a family. He said, I'll make him now an equal opposite suitable for him. And he, and he put the man into a deep sleep, took, took, took the rib from his body, made, made, made the woman, and then he presented the woman to the man. Who presented the woman? This is idea that the God of the universe, this is idea that he's incapable of bringing out of the billions of people on the planet somebody to you. Without your effort, without your work, yes, I know that he that finds a wife finds a good, but I'm not saying Adam did any work. It was God that did the work, and maybe we have too much emphasis in this world on what man can do. God can do the job far better than you. You're going to have the wrong eyes. You're going to look for the wrong thing. You're going you're gonna to pick up on the wrong cues. You're going to start thinking about a fruit versus the root, and you're not going to have his presentation. I want me a fine woman. I want me a strong, scrappy man. Maybe in the brokenness of the sin nature, you don't even know what you need, but your maker knows what you need. You don't need muscles. You need a brain. You don't need a brain. You need somebody who's full of a heart of service. He knows exactly what you need and how you need it. The emphasis is not you and what you want. The emphasis is him and what he wants because when you have a relationship with God, he is every other relationship that you have oh help me Jesus help me Jesus he brings the woman to the man and he's silent now Adam starts speaking can imagine how he just woke up Is that me? Is that someone like me? But wait a minute. Everything that's me is her, but she is woman. She got a womb. 
She got something to feed and to nurture. She got things that I don't have. Oh, she is now bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. She should be called woman for she was taken from man. From the very beginning, the roles of man and woman are established while the purpose remains untainted. Their purpose is still to be fruitful, to multiply, to subdue and fill the earth as equal opposites. But yet he has established a role as man as the leader and woman as the helper. But this is not something that is bad. This is something that is good. And she agrees with it because she has nothing to say when he names her. He been naming the animals and he took his leadership and he covered her with the leadership. And she just was like, I ain't got nothing to say. He know what he doing. Look at my man. And then for this cause shall a man leave his father and his mother and cleave to his wife and the two shall no longer be two but one. They'll be like me. They'll walk like me. They'll, 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 they'll be in this union with me and I'll be in a union with them. They'll be in a union with one another. We'll have such a closeness that you hardly can distinguish. They think like me. They walk like me. They talk like me. They fulfill the mission that I've given them. We didn't lose intimacy. And we see sex. Not perversion introduced automatically. The two should be one flesh. They should be together like glue. They cleave to one another. Sex in a pure form. Sex that is PG. Sex that is not R-rated. It's not N16. It's not XX. It's not TV mature. It's not none of that stuff. It's so holy. It's so pure. It's so sacred that it can only be described as a covenant. An intimacy. The world offers you such a level of perversion that the only way we know how to think is perverse. So I have to think about the form of the woman not as something I, 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 I cover but something I covet. Not as my sister or my mother with all purity but, but something that I lust after. These are concepts not introduced by God and you can see from the very beginning you know, I'm just, anyway, you can see from the very beginning that he tells them to go be fruitful and multiply. And I don't know theologically or historically, and nobody can tell us what's the time gap between chapter three and chapter four. I mean, uh, chapter two and chapter three, where where Adam and Eve are talking to a serpent. Instead of being somewhere, being one, making love. Making babies, multiplying, filling the earth and subduing it, there becomes a, a, a injection of whether or not God is suppressing them. Whether or not God is hampering them. Whether or not God is hindering them. Whether or not God is getting in their way. And they begin, and, and she takes some of the fruit eats it and gives it to her husband who fails to do the number one thing he was designed to do, which was to lead. It's amazing that when the woman ate the fruit, nothing really happened. But when he eats it, when the person he gave 
that level of covering and authority to breaks his rank and, and he comes lowered and God asks him to come. Come. Men, I'm, I'm begging for us not to repeat the silence of Adam. There's something in this world that tells you your masculinity is toxic. It is not. When it is, when it is touched by God, oh, help us, Jesus. When it is touched by God, when you're in your reunion, and, I mean, when you're in communion with God, it, it makes sense. It, 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 it is not perverted. You're not looking to dominate somebody, to control somebody, to manipulate somebody. You're looking to serve like he serves. Being masculine is not about saying, I get to tell you what to do. Being masculine is not uh, using your physical force or your dominance over her weakness and then, and then saying, I, I, I got this. Do what I say. This is not obedience. This is not a less than. They... They go into hiding, they're afraid, and they cover up because that's what sin does. God shows up and he punishes them. Say, you know what, I'm going to put enmity between your seed and her seed. You're going you're to bruise your heel, you'll crush his head. This is the promise. You can't fix this. This is the promise that Jesus will one day come and fix this. This is the hope that you're not completely lost. This is the hope that what you got out of order, he's the only one who knows to put in order. This is the hope that the snake that rose above and took authority in the earth is going to go right back under your feet because he is under God's feet. Even when you lose authority, when you abdicate your authority, he holds on to authority. I'm going to crush his head. He said, now, sin creates a problem. He said, I'm going to multiply your, your pain in childbirth. He said, but your desire shall be to your husband, but he shall rule over me. In other words, you're going to want to dominate him, but he's going to want to dominate you. And the two people who are supposed to reflect the unit, union that's in the Godhead, they reflect conflict. They're supposed to reflect God's glory. God is not the Son. The, God, uh, the Father is not the Son. The Son is not the Holy Spirit. But these three are one. They're in constant communication and communion with one. Constant submission to one another. It, though he was in the form of God, he did not think robbery with God was something to be... Uh, hold on, hold on. Equality with, with God was something to be grasped for. But he humbled himself and became obedient. Obedient to death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and given him a name that's above every name. What am I trying to say? There is no competition in that relationship. And now, he says, the real conflict on this planet, men and women no longer know how to get along. They don't know how to have healthy relationships. They no longer know their roles. I want to dominate you, and you want to dominate me. And that's what sin does. It's not an excitement anymore. And now, instead of people willfully going into this covenant relationship, we have this 
from getting married at teenagers to the primary age, I think in the United States being 30, 32. And someone saying the very gift that God gave that's a reflection of him I don't want. And trying to break down the structure of the family. And yet God is trying to establish it. Even if you come from a broken family like mine does not mean you cannot have one. The structure may have been broken, but as we submit to God, he begins to heal stuff. He begins to heal stuff in me. You're, the man that's preaching you this message came from a not, not ideal situation. But I embrace what God says. I don't have time to go over the, the fresh rolls of a man and a woman, but I'll say this. I want to say something about submission. Submission is a disposition of all believers to one another. I, let's just, I'm quote unquote Dave's pastor, but then why do I submit to him? Pastor, why, why wouldn't I submit to them? You know your kids can tell you stuff you should submit to? Like, they can tell you stuff. It's a disposition more than it's a position. Submission is an attitude. It's, it's not subservience. It's not weakness. It's agreement with God. And when we as believers are submissive one to another, it is easy for us to fulfill our world in our, in our marriage relationship. And it's easy for us to fit because we have to submit. He tells, he tells men, for instance, he says, wives, well, submit to your own husband is unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of, of the wife is Christ is the head of the church. That's pretty clear. But I want to kind of end with and husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. This year, thank you for those amens because this year I'm, I'm, I'm committed to seeing men raised up to a new level. You cannot lead her if you do not love her. I'm going to say it again. You cannot lead her if you cannot love her. Loving her means to prize her above all others. I just thought, of, I got a Dave moment going on. I just thought about all I would give up for my wife. I give up preaching to you. It's all, it's all up for grabs. Love make you do that kind of stuff. It's all up for grabs. It's powerful. I leave everything and cleave to her. I leave the world and cleave to my God. And in that relationship, I'm able to do the rest of the stuff. That's right. What would happen if we, as men, laid down our lives like Christ laid down for the church? That is a moot issue to think about dominating the opposite sex. That's a moot issue. It's, it's juvenile. Your job from God is so big, you don't even have time to think like that. And she's so appreciative to someone that would lay down their life for her. She willingly, this is what the word submission means, willingly yields control. Because there's no way I'm going to willingly do it to the law. Willingly do it to other people. And I can't do it within marriage. But we're both submitting just to different roles. 
We'll end with this scripture. Sorry, I didn't turn to one. You can stand to your feet as I read it. Genesis, I mean, uh, John 17. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. Can you put John 17 up there if I gave it to you? I can quote it, but this one I won't read. Dave, would you just read that? You're just such a good reader. Dave will read the Bible. He loved the Bible. You love the Bible, don't you, Dave? There you go. But he, he, now it's too late. Dave's going to read it. Read that. I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one, even as we are one. I in them, and you in me, that they may become perfectly one, so that the world may know that you sent me and love them even as you love me. Let's close this moment together in prayer. Lord, we're grateful that though there is brokenness in our condition, there's nothing broken about your design. Though there's brokenness in our situations, there's nothing broken about the way you designed them to be. And we praise you even more than that that in our brokenness you have grace for every situation and every trouble no matter what it is you have a way forward for us to bring us closer back to your original design so that we can be in you and you can be in us and we can have that holy unity not just in marriages and in families but in the spiritual family you've designed for us to enjoy. Thank you for that gift. Help us to receive it today. In Jesus' name, amen. Ministry team, I want to invite you to come. Over to my left, your right, you see the first time here signs, Guest Central. This is your first time here. We'd love to meet you there. If you have some brokenness in your family or a relationship or something that you need prayer for, or if you just want to pray for someone who has brokenness and you need someone to pray along with you for somebody else, we invite you to come. The ministry team is prepared for you. As you go out today, I want to encourage you to remember to pick one of these up for each of you at the Connect desk so that you can go along with this sermon series together in your life groups, in your families, in your homes, and with friends. Now, as we get to leave this place, I want to encourage you. Don't leave the word behind you. Take the word within you as you go. Don't leave the spirit behind you. Walk in the spirit as you go. Don't leave worship behind you. Worship as you go with God. You're not just dismissed. You're sent to love the Lord and reach the world. Go with God.